Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. It's great to have you here with me for a Thursday, September 14th, 2023. This is edition number 158 of season 8. We are still studying the Westminster Confession of Faith. We're in chapter 28. Today we will consider paragraph number 5. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, as we come to your most holy word, again, we come humbly asking that you might instruct and teach us by your Spirit who penned these things for us. We pray that you would give us insight into your word, that you would strengthen us by it, that you would continue to use it to guide our steps, our path in this world. We thank you for the sacraments that you have given to the church, the sacrament of baptism and the Lord's Supper. We pray that uh, as we participate in these things by faith, that you would use them to strengthen us and help us as we pilgrim, as we, uh, as we travel and journey to our heavenly rest. We ask now that you would help us, forgive us, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, in the, uh, yesterday's edition, we considered uh, those who should be baptized. That is to say, those who um, actually profess faith in Christ or are infants or children of one or both believing parents, uh, members of the visible church. Now, the question naturally comes and is answered in paragraph number five. Well, what do we uh, do or what should we say about those who are not baptized um, how, how should we address this matter? Is baptism an efficacious, meritorious work in which then therefore God uh, it, uh, is then grants to the one baptized that which the, 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 uh, the individual earns through that labor, or is it truly a work of God's grace? And paragraph number five seeks to answer that question for us in some respects. So paragraph number five says, although it be a great sin to contemn or neglect this ordinance, yet grace and salvation are not so inseparably annexed unto it as that no person can be regenerated or saved without it, or that all or that all that are baptized are undoubtedly regenerated. Now, <laughs> there's a word here that as I was reading, I thought, well, probably be a good idea to look it up to see just exactly what what does this mean? The word to contem contem um, means to treat um, or regard with contempt. That is to see it in a negative way, not give it its care and due attention, and treat it with its reverence and respect that it that it's owed. Two things are mentioned here <clears throat> in this paragraph. Two items that we need to consider. First, although it be a great sin to contemn or neglect this ordinance. Now, we looked at this passage yesterday, the, uh, the covenant sign of circumcision given to us in Genesis 17, but in Genesis 17, verse 14, any uncir uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And then in the New Testament, we have Matthew chapter 28, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 28, verse uh, number 19. Uh, there, Jesus, just before his ascension, he says that, um, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we know 
that these things are instituted by God. They're directly ordained and instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to do this. It's been commanded of the church to to, uh, follow or to perform the sacrament of baptism. And so, therefore, it would be a great sin uh, to neglect it, to not do it as we've been commanded, as in any act of disobedience would be a sin against God. Of course, it's a great sin to uh, treat it with contempt or uh, to somehow diminish or treat it with irreverence as well. Now, the second half of the paragraph um, deals with questions pertaining to those who are not baptized. Uh, and and those, are, are, those who are baptized, um, does that mean they're regenerated? Well, I can answer that question very simply right now. Just because you've been baptized does not necessarily mean that you are undoubtedly regenerated. And that's the expression used at the very end of the paragraph. Just because you have been baptized into the church, whether, by, uh, whether it was as an infant or whether as an adult convert, does not mean without question or doubt that you are, in fact, regenerated. And, so, and, and, and I'm sure we know from even experience, we have... We have known people that have been baptized into the church and they spent the majority of their life living for themselves. They demonstrated no marks of the fruit of the Spirit and they died. We, we certainly have doubts about their eternal destiny. Only God knows, of course, that situation. But the fact remains that just because they were baptized does not guarantee their entrance, <clears throat> their entrance into the very kingdom of God. Now, what about those that are not baptized? Uh, Does that keep them out of the kingdom? Well, in the same manner, of course, they are not kept from the kingdom any more than those who are baptized are necessarily in the kingdom. Now, speaking of that second item, Acts chapter 8, got ahead of myself a little bit here, but in Acts chapter 8 and uh, verse 13, even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed he was amazed. Okay, so this man, Simon, he was indeed, uh, he was indeed baptized. But then jump, jump down to verse 23. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. So we have this problem with this individual. Um, he thinks it's possible to purchase... Um, purchase the Holy Spirit, obtain the gift of God with money. And so he demonstrates here that he was not truly uh, in, uh, in the faith. Um, what about those who, who die early in their profession of faith or in their perhaps in infancy, never been baptized? Are we to say that they are then prohibited from the kingdom? Well, of course not. We have one example, of course, the thief on the cross and the Lord Jesus Christ said, today you will be with me in paradise. Well, he was never baptized. And so it is quite true, as the confession tells us, that grace and salvation are not so inseparably annexed unto it as that no person can be regenerated or saved without it. However, um, we must remember that the baptism itself does not actually save you. So it's not an efficacious work. Uh, It is a grace of God that is given to mark an individual out from the world 
into the very kingdom as a sign and seal of the covenant of grace. But itself does not communicate salvation. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, operate ex opere operato from outside in. It is still a grace of God. It is not rooted in anything that we do. Even Abraham, of course, was, uh, he, in Acts 15, he, he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And then in Acts chapter 17, the sign of the covenant was given to him to give to his children after him. So he was, as it were, an adult convert who was then circumcised after the fact. But had he not been circumcised, he would have been cut off from the visible covenant, but he would not have been locked out of the kingdom of God. And so, two issues here, other than the one of neglect or, or contempt, two issues here, just to summarize. There are people who have never been baptized who trust the Lord Jesus Christ. If they are living today, if they're hearing these words, you need to get baptized. You need to get baptized out of obedience to Christ. And there are some who um, have been baptized into the church, but they have demonstrated and are demonstrated in their life that they have no understanding of what that baptism is even communicating. They don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Their life is proving it. If that's you, then you need to repent and place your faith and trust in Christ alone for salvation. And so this paragraph helps, helps us. It helps us give clarity to the matter, uh, though there are some within uh, in our world today, some religious sects and groups, S-E-C-T-S, and groups who um, believe in baptismal regeneration, that if you're not baptized, you can't be a Christian, you can't go to heaven, you don't have the love of God in, uh, upon you and in you, uh, you're an unbeliever. Well, the Bible would disagree with them, and our confession summarizing the scriptural teaching on this disagrees with them as well. So there's no reason to despair here. If you've never been baptized and you're trusting in Christ, then, then go see your pastor and you need to get baptized. Um, if, you, um, if you have been baptized, but you look at your life and you see that there's no marks of that which baptism, baptism points to, all the way back to paragraph number one, as a, a solemn omission of the party baptized into the visible church, a sign and seal of the covenant of grace, of his engrafting into Christ, of regeneration, of remission of sins, and of his giving up unto God through Jesus Christ to walk in newness of life, then you need to repent and believe the gospel. But in either case, baptism, merely by getting wet, does not usher you in to the very kingdom of God. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Friday edition, when we, uh, when we continue looking at this uh, chapter, chapter 28, may the Lord help you today. May you strive to do all that he has commanded. God bless.